here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we are back with our week three starts and sits. This is really what it comes down to, trying to figure out maybe some of the better matchups based on week to week, which is what fantasy football is. Maybe fading some of your superstars a little bit because they have a tough matchup, shadow coverage for wide receivers, stuff like that. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're going to give you our top five, top fives, uh, one at each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense, and who you should start and who you should sit. Pat, why don't you lead us off? Start sits. All right. Well, since I, uh, I technically won week one, I guess uh, that, that entitles me to start. It's like golf rules if you uh, – you win the hole, you get to you get to tee off first on the next one. How, how technically did you win? Week one, week one, not week two. Ah, week gotcha. one. Yeah, week two is not technically over yet, but I'll probably uh. win that one too. But we'll see. Again, just before we jump into these, want to explain real quick. We try to give you guys that you may have questions about whether you should start or sit. We're not obviously picking softballs here, and and you know, oh, you know, start Lamar Jackson. Like, obviously, you know, if you have Lamar Jackson, you're going to start him. So trying to give you some guys that you can uh, maybe pluck off the waiver wire or guys who may be uh, on your bench and, and you have a, uh, you know, maybe a decision to make and uh, and you want a little, you know, just a, a little bit of information to help you make that decision. That's what that's what we're trying to do here for you. So with that being said, I'm going to start with Carson Wentz this week as my QB start of the week against Philadelphia. Uh, as we said on our last episode, Wentz is third in the NFL after – three weeks in pass attempts. I'm sorry, after two weeks tied for first in passing touchdowns, Philadelphia has actually been a, a pretty good defense, uh, but they're actually a bottom three red zone defense over the last 20 or so games. And uh, it seems like Washington has been doing, and Carson Wentz in particular has been doing most of their damage in the red zone. So uh, I think if the commanders can move the ball, uh, I think that there's a good chance that they can put it in the end zone. Uh, we saw from – so it's funny, too, because Philadelphia played Detroit week one. It was a high-scoring game. Washington then played Detroit in week two, also a high-scoring game. Uh, so to me, that kind of, you know, two and two equals four. I think that this game uh, with, with Washington and Philadelphia could also be a very high-scoring game. I haven't seen any spreads or anything on that game yet for, for next week, but uh, I would imagine the spread's probably going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 49, 50 points, uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. So I, I expect a lot of scoring in that game, and uh, I expect both teams to be doing it. So I think, uh, again, it's one of those shootout games or potential shootout games where you want to get as many of those players into your lineup as possible. So uh, I'm starting Carson Wentz this week versus Philadelphia. At running back, I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. Jacobs has really, I mean, if you're talking about owning the backfield, Jacobs has a stranglehold on the Raiders running back touches so far this year. He's got 31 of the 36 total touches from all running backs on uh, Las Vegas' 
you know, in their running back room. And he goes up against a Tennessee defense that was the fifth worst versus the running back position and giving up fantasy points last year. I think if the Raiders can get out to a lead against this pretty slow-paced Titans offense, uh, Jacobs could see 20-plus touches for the second straight week. And as we both know, more touches, more opportunities generally leads to more fantasy points. Now, obviously, he would have to be efficient with those touches, uh, but I think when you're when you're doing your start sits and you're and you're thinking about guys who you know you want to be putting into your lineup, obviously, you want to be shooting for the guys who have the most opportunity to to put fantasy points on the board. So, uh, I really like Josh Jacobs uh, against Tennessee. My wide receiver start is going to be Drake London versus the Seattle Seahawks. London has an unbelievable 33.3% target share in this offense. And I say unbelievable because that's like Devonte Adams on the Packers type of target share. And he's only a rookie, which is that's just unbelievable to me that Marcus Mariota is looking for Drake London, basically one out of every three times he throws the ball. Uh, even, you know, even with a guy like Kyle Pitts in this offense, London seems to be, you know, Atlanta's, go-to guy on offense uh, and they get to go up against a pretty decent Seattle defense this week, but with safety Jamal Adams out uh, potentially for the season, I think that that defensive backfield can be exploited. And I think that, uh, you know, I think that London could have the opportunity to put another touchdown on the board and, and have a decent game for your fantasy team at tight end. I'm going to go with Tyler Conklin for them from the New York jets going against the Cincinnati Bengals. Conklin quietly has 16 targets through two games already this season. And with the Jets leading all teams in pass attempts so far, there's plenty of work to go around. Week three, the Jets get the Bengals defense that was fifth worst versus the tight end position last year. And the defense that just made Pat Fryermuse the leading receiver for the Steelers in week one. So I think that there's definitely an opportunity for, uh, especially with the way that uh, Garrett Wilson has been coming on. I think Cincinnati uh, tries to maybe key on him and take him away. And I think that definitely benefits Tyler Conklin. I could definitely see him getting into the end zone uh, again here in week three. And my start of the week at defense is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have looked absolutely terrible so far this season. Uh, and the Chiefs have actually had a pretty nice showing against the Chargers high-powered offense in week two. I think Kansas City's defense is better than they get credit for. Uh, they were actually a top 10 scoring fantasy defense last year. I know that uh, you know a lot of people see the shootouts that the Kansas City Chiefs get themselves into, and you know it might deter them a little bit from playing the Kansas City Chiefs defense in their starting lineup. But the Colts have just been turning the ball over left and right. They they can't they just can't get right. I think. What do they have a total of? What would they score against uh, Houston? Uh, is it 2020? So they scored 20 points in week one and they got shut out by the Jags in week two. So, you know, a team averaging 10 points a game and uh, averaging two and a half turnovers per game. Sign me up for, for playing a defense against a team like that. What about you? Who are your starts for the week, Scott? Well, uh, again, you know. Maybe not the greatest quarterback in the history of the world, but uh, this week uh, I like Mac Jones going up against the Baltimore Ravens. As of right now, Baltimore, you know, a good football team, and and always you just think of the defense, think of the defense, think of the defense, and 
you're, you're wondering what do they bring to the table this season? The last couple of years, they were leaking a little bit of oil. Right now, they are basically giving up 420 passing yards a game. That shows me that they're they're probably looking to you know leak <laughs> again to to quarterbacks. Now again, Mac Jones not the greatest in the universe, but I think this past week against Pittsburgh, that offense showed some signs of life. Pittsburgh again also not a not a group. Well, they have a decent defense and a, and a decent secondary, but the pass rush with DJ Watt being out is a factor. I like Mac Jones to, you know, he's just outside like the top 20 of quarterbacks in our league. I think after that week one performance, that kind of pushed him into that. Uh, A lot of people are high on him. People like the pedigree, the Alabama. To me, I think this week he's got top 15, maybe top 10 potential against that team. Like you talk about shootouts. Uh, This could be low scoring at the same time. If if both defenses maybe get involved, I I doubt it. I I think it's going to be, yeah, it just looks like the league just wants points right now, like no matter what. So uh, I think Mac Jones is a potential starter. Uh, definitely, if you're a super flex league, uh, he, he would be a solid QB too. At running back, maybe a little bit of a shill, but Leonard Fournette versus Green Bay. Tom Brady does not look himself uh, physically and on the field. At the same time, uh, Mike Evans is going to be out. Suspended a week. Julio Jones, not really healthy. Shocker. Russell Gage, uh, not 100%. Shocker. That wide receiver core is leaking oil everywhere. Like, that team is is rough. I mean, really, when you look at them, that defense is carrying them week to week. It did it a lot last season as well uh, once a lot of those guys went down. There is no grunk. There's Cameron Brait. There is Kate Odden, a rookie. There is uh, Kyle Rudolph, who who really can't get involved. At the end of the day, the receiving options are pretty few and far between. Leonard Fournette going up against Green Bay. You might say, oh, yeah, well, come on now. Green Bay is in the bottom half. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're like, uh, like the eighth or ninth worst against the run. Give it a, 153 yards a game to the run. So uh, Leonard Fournette. I think it's going to be – they're just going to lean on him hard, both the running game and some passing out of the backfield. Next can up. I add? Can I add to you real quick? Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just saw this uh, this tweet earlier today. Uh, Leonard Fournette actually on his official Twitter account put out – I'm paraphrasing here because I, I don't have the tweet right in front of me, but it was something like, uh, you know, to my fantasy managers, uh, I apologize – touchdowns coming soon i promise so uh, even leonard fournette realizes what he's doing as far as letting your fantasy team down and has has made it a point to uh to get the ball in the end zone so would would not surprise me to see him uh you know pushing for that end zone this week yeah uh, he's telling you he's gonna he's if if you're getting it from the player that he's got your back i mean come on now next up we are looking at a wide receiver uh, never liked the guy a lot because he used to be a Dallas Cowboy, but now he's got some relevance for me. Amari Cooper versus Pittsburgh. Obviously, yes, he's the wide receiver one in Cleveland. Uh, you have Jacoby Brissett throwing bombs. Yeah, uh, well, quarterbacking anyway, at least on that team. Uh, again, another another defense, ironically, out of that uh, AFC North. Pittsburgh is giving up 404 yards in the first two games on average to, uh, again, in the passing game. They 
they had been solid. They didn't have a horrible week one, but they got they got lit up a little bit in week two by Mac Jones, ironically, a little bit. But at the end of the day, um, to turn around and see that and know that this is going to be one of those gritty division games and Pittsburgh's definitely going to look to try to shut down the Nick Chubbs, the Kareem Hunts of the world. You know, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think, went scoreless this past week. Everybody loved him. Cooper had a quiet week one against Carolina. That was a weird game on a lot of levels, but Carolina has very good uh, cornerbacks. They have a solid secondary, so they were locked in on him and, and really wouldn't let him get involved. I think he's got a potential to be probably like somewhere top eight, top five possibly uh, this week if Brissett uh, can have a similar game you know, with him like he did in week two. Tight end, Tyler Higby. The Rams are playing Arizona, and – to see Tyler Higby go up against that team, you say, yeah, he's always that guy who has so much potential and blah, blah, blah. Arizona is giving up an average of, on 12 targets, nine catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown in their first two games at the tight end position. Start every tight end right now, probably for the rest of the season against uh, Arizona, but but to see Tyler Higby in that offense, and again, there's a lot of moving parts. We know Cooper Cup's there, the running game, you know, the Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson things, you know, going on, so on and so forth, um, trying to get Allen Robinson involved. But Tyler Higby could be that guy, you know, across the middle of the field, down the field. He might even not have as many targets and receptions and yardage, but he could be a, a he could be a two touchdown guy. Again, there's, you know, 12 points. Uh, he's going to get you home. I think Tyler Higby is a solid start against Arizona this week. Finally, for me, uh, I'm looking at the, yes, wait for it, the Houston Texans. They are playing the Chicago Bears this week. And where Houston is, eh, you know, like you say, maybe a, why would you even bring them up? They're going up against a Bears team with that's getting about, just about two touchdowns a game, you know, on average scoring. Um, their team offense per game is getting under 300 yards, uh, around 292, 293 a game. Houston Texans have had some pretty good, for, you know, first two games. Uh, obviously made the Colts look pedestrian, although that could be something uh, that isn't in their control. And then went up this week against uh, Denver Broncos. Russ wasn't really cooking, just about, like, got things done and and they they eked out a win against the Texans but they didn't look solid. So um to see a defense that's you know playing you know not not great but they're not horrible but against a bad offense there's turnover potential. I think that overall yeah yeah you could see the Houston Texans probably being a, a worthy start just based off of numbers and yardage uh here and there but uh, I kind of like them against the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I heard a, uh, <laughs> I heard somebody. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember who it was, but I heard somebody say something about uh, uh, Russ is cooking, but I think he's he's using the microwave. So I thought that, I don't know. I just thought that was funny because <laughs> you know they've been been crying to let Russ cook, and and now we're letting him cook, and uh, I don't know. Well, when when you're at, you have to adjust for higher altitudes, and now that he's in Denver, I think oh, that's that probably is? part of the problem. All sailing on him a little bit, a little, <laughs> a little bit. But I mean, again, you know, Houston giving up a lot of yards, but they're only giving up like 18 points a game, and in the NFL, that's gold. That's that's like a top seven, eight 
defense when it comes to points per game. The yards are there, but you know that bend don't break. We've seen that um, mm-hmm. on our team <laughs> here in Philly. But uh, at the end of the day, if you have more points than the other team, that's what counts. Yeah, and, and speaking of the Bears' offense, I, I was just happened to be looking something up the other night, and I noticed that. Uh, I think I don't again. I don't know the exact number, but I want to say that Justin Fields in two games has twenty-eight pass attempts or something like that. Like it's some some ridiculously low number in in the first two games. Now, obviously, week one was you know the monster yeah, that kind of jammed him up a little but, bit. But uh, he had less pass attempts this week against Green Bay than uh, than he did in week one. So uh, just just yeah, I mean, I think you can you can start guys against the against the Bears until until they get that figured out. So. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into our sits now for week three. I'm going to sit Trevor Lawrence this week. I know he looked good in week two in that win over the Colts, but the Colts' defense isn't nearly what it was last year, and it definitely isn't anywhere near what the Chargers' defense is. You know, with superstars on the defensive end, on the defensive side like Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Derwin James leading a strong defensive front and backfield now. Uh, I think Lawrence could be in for a really long day. The Chargers, even last year, had a really good pass defense. If you remember, it was the run defense that they sort of lacked in, and they've even yes. seemed to got, get a little bit better in that department as well so far. So uh, it could be a t- tough day for the Jags, They although they did look good beating the snot out of the Colts <laughs> in week two. Division uh, game, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, my sit of the week at running back, uh, you can close your ears for this one. I know you're not going to want to hear it. Uh, but it's Damian Pierce, and then against the Bears. Now this is <laughs> this is not because I don't like Pierce. I actually do like Pierce. Probably, definitely not as much as you do. But uh, th- my rationale behind this sit is Pierce led the Texans backfield in Week Two with 16 total touches, but he still failed to produce a, a good fantasy day. And against a pretty stingy Bears defense that has been pretty good against the run going back to last year. It's going to be pretty tough for Pierce, I think, to to put up a, a a good day. I think this is going to be a fairly low scoring game. I think with all the rushing attempts that the Bears have, you know, that we, I just mentioned the Bears, uh, that's probably where I got the stat from because I looked it up for this. Uh, with all of the rushing attempts that the Bears have had, they are one of the lowest teams in plays run each game so what that does is it actually shortens the game it it takes the you know when you get incomplete passes you get clock stoppages things like that when you run the ball you're pretty much running just about the full 40 seconds off of the play clock almost every time uh so both teams end up getting less plays so i think this is going to be a slow pace slow uh low scoring game i do like pierce as a good hold candidate for now I'm not going to be, you know, dropping him or trading him or anything like that. But I just don't think, especially in this game, I don't think I would be putting him into my lineup just yet. I do think that down the road he is going to be a very solid player, and um, and I do think that you know he he's probably going to, from what I've seen so far, it looks like he's going to have a pretty good career uh, ahead of him. He seems like a very talented guy. Just as far as fantasy goes, uh, I'd stay away from this game specifically. My sit of the week at wide receiver is going to be Alan Lazard versus the Tampa Bay Bucks. Lazard looked to be back and pretty, you know, fully healthy uh, this past week, but the Packers seem to be operating sort of on that Chiefs model so far this this year. So, uh, meaning that 
they're spreading the ball around. Uh, you know, you're not seeing a, any concentration of targets like you did when Devonte Adams was on the team. I know a lot of people thought that Lazard was going to step right into that Devonte Adams role. Uh, that does not seem to be the case so far. Again, it's only been one game, but again, when you're talking fantasy football, you want to you want a guy that you're going to be confident in, and I'm just not that confident in him. Um, this past week, in their win against the Bears, nobody had more than four targets. And I realized that they didn't need to throw the ball that much uh, because of the way the game went, and the you know they were ahead and sort of ran the ball, and both of the running backs uh, had had pretty good games against against the Bears this week. Um, but the Bucks defense has been very good so far this year, and Lazard's probably going to draw shadow coverage from one of the best cover cornerbacks in the league, in Carlton Davis. Uh, I also expect the Packers again to lean on that running game and those running backs in Week Three. Uh, in Week One, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon were one and two uh, as far as targets go. So Rodgers was throwing the ball to those guys, uh, and then again in, in Week Two, you saw uh, nobody getting a real big target share. So for me, I like Alan Lazard still. Again, just like Pierce, he's a hold option for me. I'm not not getting rid of him, but I definitely am I'm a little weary of starting him until I see you know that eight, nine, you know, 10 target game that, that we kind of hoped for. And, and maybe some of us expected going into the season. Um, I sit of the week at tight end. This pains me to say it. And again, <laughs> you're going to hate this one as well, but it's Dallas Goddard versus Washington. Uh, Eagles have not yet played as, as, as of this recording. So we don't know Goddard's usage in week two, but in week one, he seemed almost to be an, an afterthought in the Eagles offense. You know, it seems to be the the AJ Brown show. Which you know, if you have a guy like AJ Brown, it's it's not a bad thing to to be the AJ Brown show, but uh, that's not good news for Dallas Goddard. And going up against the Washington defense next week, that was in the top half of the league versus the tight end position last year. They didn't really give up a ton of points to the tight up tight end position. Again, I do see this as a high scoring game. So, of all of my sit calls. Goddard is probably the one that I'm the shakiest on and probably the one that's going to come back to bite me. But if I, if I had him on my team, I'd probably start him just due to the fact that I probably draft him so drafted him so high. But if you do have uh, Goddard and, you know, maybe you, you used an earlier pick on uh, another tight end or something like that. Um, I definitely would, would shy away from him this week. And then uh, sticking with that bucks Packers game, I'm going to sit the Packers defense this week. They've been a very good defense and have been a good defense for the past two seasons. But the Buccaneers are one of those teams like the Chiefs and the Bills that I basically just try to avoid every week, if possible, uh, starting a defense against them. Those teams have the potential to score massive amounts of points against any team. And with Tom Brady at the helm, and I know you said he doesn't look like the old Brady, and you know with Mike Evans out, you know that that offense probably going to be a little bit weaker than they have been. But these seem to be the games that Brady steps up and makes you realize why you know he's considered maybe the greatest quarterback of all time. So uh, they also don't turn the ball over a lot, even in games where you know they're missing some of their best players. They just play good, sound, fundamental football and. Uh, and they don't turn the ball over at all, which is really when I'm playing a defense, I'm not trying to play a defense that is going to, you know, necessarily shut another team out. What I want is a turnovers. I want the uh, ability to, um, you know, teams that give up a lot of sacks. 
because you can get fumbles, you can get, you know, safeties, you can get things that are going to score you more points on the defensive side. So, so even if they end up losing this game to the Packers, uh, I don't see them tripping over themselves and turning the ball over a ton or anything like that. What about you? Where are you at for your sits? Well, I guess the perfect segue. Uh, <laughs> well, I like how you set that up. Uh, yeah, uh, my sit again this week is week two, and it's Tom Brady, and it's against Green Bay. And it's not hate the wide receiver core being decimated both with, you know, some injuries that are going to make those guys let alone out, but not 100%. Mike Evans being suspended a game, obviously a big thing. Green Bay, obviously, through two games, everybody thinks that their defense is Swiss cheese. They got obliterated in week one. Um, Minnesota beat them. They did. But after two games, Green Bay is only giving up an average of 158 and a half. So call it 159 passing yards a game. Kirk Cousins had looked great, and Justin Jefferson had some big plays. But um, – you know, they lost that game in week one more so from an anemic offense than than a terrible defense. Giving up 16 and a half, call it 17 points a game, that's two touchdowns. Um, that's pedestrian. Uh, I think Fournette is the focal point of the offense this week. I think Brady, for that reason, more so than any kind of decline, uh, the fact of unavailability, it you know, based on the wide receiving core, is something to factor in there. So for Two weeks in a row, and I'm not trying to beat the guy up, but uh, I'm just, I don't feel like Tom Brady has it this week. Speaking of solid defenses, the last couple seasons, the San Francisco 49ers have been one of the best. After the first two weeks of the season, obviously the Bills, they've had a solid one. They're, they're in play tonight, but as of right now, the Niners have the best defense in the league uh, when it comes to total yards per game. When it comes to passing yards per game, when it comes to uh, rushing yards per game, again, Buffalo hasn't played, so they're a game behind, but uh, it's there, 13 points a game. The, it's going it, to be really tough, I think, for both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, if it's a timeshare, if it's a 60-40, 50-50, 70-30, I don't care. This team knows Russell Wilson. So they're definitely going to know what to take away from him. If Jerry Judy's a little banged up, you know, you're looking for your Cortland Suttons. Uh, you're looking for your random tight ends because we know Aquake Bonham doesn't, doesn't get too much love there. But I feel like both Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, that running back combo with the Niners, I think that's what they're going to do is they're going to try to play them into thinking they should run the ball. They're going to take a lot away from Russ. I, I see the Niners really dominating this game as a whole. You know, offensively, if they do it with Jimmy G, that's one thing. But I would stay away from Javante Williams and or Melvin Gordon this week in my running back spot. My next is a fade. It's not a dead sit. Uh, I do this a little bit here and there. And, you know, I've been a little close. I've been a little far away. But CeeDee Lamb against the New York Giants. God, I hate to have to talk about two of these teams at the same time. <laughs> I, I just really do. I, I skipped this one. It's yeah, fine. you know, I just, just go with it. No, um, <laughs> but seriously, you know, the Giants aren't so far um, a, a horrible football team. I'm not going to say any words to begin with G, um, but they're not a horrible football team. Um, new coaching staff, new regime, and whatnot. They're like in the top 
12 against the pass right now. Um, obviously, scheming to build against what the Eagles were building. Um, they may have a shot against Washington. Deep down, yes, they're looking to scheme against Dallas. Now, when they had C.D. Lamb, they had Michael Gallup. They had your Amari Coopers until this season. Dalton Schultz, a tight end. The Giants' passing defense is decent. Their, their team as a whole is decent. I think C.D. Lamb being a focal point, there's whispers that Michael Gallup might be back, might be available. And Cooper Rush is just a roll of the dice. He's a wild card. You don't really know yet because you haven't seen him enough. I think C.D. Lamb is not worthy of a wide receiver one, probably wide receiver two, closer to a flex. Uh, I would not expect big things out of him. I think they're probably going to look to maybe like lean on Zeke and Pollard a little bit, switch things up a tiny bit. But I would say C.D. Lamb a little bit of a fade in week three. Gerald Everett, uh, tight end, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, had a nice first couple weeks. Had a big Thursday night game and, you know, helped Justin Herbert a lot. Uh, I think the, the big thing for me going against Jacksonville, Jacksonville looks pretty good. And again, in their passing defense, their linebacking core, being able to chuck tight ends and keep them in transit. I think part of that is pass protection. If it's Justin Herbert with a flak jacket looking for protection, the tight end's going to stay in and block. Guess what? It's going to be effort. He's not going to leave the line. He's going to be a, you know, a sixth to seventh uh, blocker to take care of a pass rush. I think that's a big factor. If it's Chase Daniel, the backup, uh, you know, the guy who we all wish we were, who has made a cool living off of being that guy. Again, you're going to look to protect that quarterback. And I think that's going to be a big factor for him where he's had a couple of nice games so far. Um, and I know, Pat, you just touched on, you know, Dallas Goddard being a little disappointing in week one. And I think that's part of it. You know, people forget that the tight end position used to be basically an extra lineman that would was legally allowed to go out and block uh, or go out and catch after blocking. Uh, I think that's part of it. I think that he's going to be a little bit more of that as this season progresses. Now, maybe they may switch some things up with fullbacks, um, Xander Horvath, who's quietly catching touchdowns every game, could be in that factor too. But I think effort, you might downgrade that Jacksonville defense. Looks a little hungry. They remind me of that 2017, 2018 defense a little bit. And if they're on that level, maybe that team, you know, they got nothing to lose. They're young. We'll see what happens. Finally, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, I would. Definitely sit them this week. It's going to be a short week regardless. Obviously, they have a game coming up in about an hour against our Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> They're going up against the vaunted. I, I, I just can't even say it out loud. The Detroit Lions offense that has been averaging, you know, 36 points a game, 406 yards through the air, things like that. Like they're they're just like or 406 yards combined. I'm sorry. But they're like they're ridiculous um, with what they're doing, because, again, they're. They're just running through walls for that coach and doing what they got to do. This is a division game. The Vikings are, you know, high off of beating Aaron Rodgers. They looked pretty good. We'll see what happens this week against Philly. Um, but again, they're a team that is willing to shoot it out with you left and right. And I think that this Vikings team is definitely going to hit a wall sooner than later. Uh, they might have to lean on the run. They might have to lean on the pass, but I could see that, Overall, the um, you know the Detroit Lions, the way that they play, um, they are just balls to the wall. They are going to just throw it, run it, do whatever. DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Hawkinson's been a little bit quiet, but I think that's, again, 
you know, he's just staying in there to protect Jared Goff, who may be a mannequin, but you know what? He's starting to put up numbers. We'll see what happens, but I would definitely fade, let alone wouldn't even think of starting the Vikings this week against that Detroit offense. Uh, I actually did sit CD lamb in one of my leagues this week. Now I have to preface that by saying it was an eight team league. So all of the uh, rosters are fairly stacked and, and I had good players that, you know, that I could replace him with, but yeah, the, the loss of Dak definitely brings him down uh, a notch as, as well. So, yeah. I, I, and you're, you're saying it, it's, it's true. It's not fading a guy who was projected to be a potential top five wide receiver. He lost his quarterback and you have another wide receiver coming back to the fold at the same time. I think one of the biggest things is just matchups and what you have on your roster. It is a week to week game. It, it's so hard. I, I've done it, Pat, you've done it. How many times where you've got your guy and you're like, well, he was my third round pick, but the guy I picked in round eight is projected to be that better, but I just can't pull the trigger. I just can't do it. And you sit and then it turns out you were right. If you had actually made the call, but you didn't. And again, I'm not saying bench him, but he's definitely, He's going to go from a wide receiver one to a high flex, uh, a mid-border bottom two wide receiver two. So I don't see C.D. Lamb again being, you know, don't cut him. I'm not saying that. But, you know, if you have some depth at that wide receiver core on your team, again, you know, if it's right now, if it's him and Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, who do you pick? Yeah, it's St. Brown, and I didn't think uh, there would be any chance I'd be saying that this uh, this early in the season, but it's true. I mean, yeah. CeeDee Lamb's not even the top fantasy-producing wide receiver on his own team so far this year. Yep. Noah Brown has more receptions, uh, more yards, and more touchdowns on fewer targets. So, you know, and see, he seems to have a pretty good rapport with, with Cooper Rush, so... Backups uh, love yeah. backups. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that they, they practice together, so they, yeah. they know each other well, so... All right, well, that's going to do it for our start sits for this week. Uh, again, if you'd like to follow us on, on social media, please do so. We are on Twitter at the Nine Route One and at Scott from Delco. You can check out our website at www.thenineroutffb.com. You can also email us or email the show at the Nine Route FFB at gmail.com. We'd also like to take a second to thank Mickey's Pub in Tuckerton, New Jersey for partnering with the show. If you're looking for a great place to watch the NFL on Sunday and you're in, you know, South Jersey, Mickey's is the place. They have great food. Uh, South great Central drinks. Jersey, right? Like, so, Yeah, in the, in the, in the Tuckerton, uh, Little Lake Harbor area, LBI-ish area. Ish. Uh, yeah, yeah if that, you're in AC or you're at the yeah. casinos... Take a ride. Get an Uber. Yeah. You're not far. You're like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Mickey's is a spot, man. They got the package. You could go there, watch any team you want while you're betting on them. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. Great drink specials as well. And uh, they have a football menu uh, with, uh, you know, all their all their great their Sunday specials that, that go on during the game. So uh, go ahead and check that that out. Let them know that, uh, that we sent you here at the Nine Route. Mickey's Pub, 327 East Main Street in Tuckerton. Uh, again, thanks, thanks to Mickey's for for being a part of the show. Anything else that uh, we need to hit before we get out of here and watch some football? Uh, well, uh, I think I am taking over the uh, editing duties for tonight, so you can watch while you study. Again, love you, brother. Appreciate doing this with you. Uh, we love everybody that listens to us here uh, at the Nine Route. Again, we're we're just uh, 
we're trying to give you some info, give you our take on things, maybe sway in a, in a positive direction, uh, maybe clear the thoughts a little bit. Again, we're not um, as much as we maybe root for a certain team in, in real football, so to speak. At the end of the day, uh, we are all about trying to give you the information you need on a week-to-week -week basis to get you a fantasy football championship. We helped one gentleman last year, and we're going to look to do that for multiple gentlemen and ladies this season. So uh, give us a listen, like, subscribe, uh, hit us up on socials. We are looking forward to interacting with you and giving you what you need to win your fantasy football league here at the nine round. So for Pat, I am Scott, and we will see you next week. Peace.